feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And early Merry Christmas to all of you. I hope that you are able to get out and about and travel. It is freezing in New York City. Uh, it is so cold here tonight, and we know that much of the country is dealing with this. I can't believe how many flights have been canceled in the last 24 hours. It's been extraordinary how many have been delayed uh, how many, I have friends all over the country and they are dealing with like minus weather, minus degree weather. We're talking like, I have a friend who's in minus nine degree weather. I was about to complain how cold it was in New York and he's like, guess what? It's minus nine where I am. And, uh, they can't even like see for miles. It's like white out everywhere. So I just want to wish all of you a fantastic early Christmas. I'm so glad to be with you, and I'm going to be with you all next week as we lead into the new year as well. I'm still trying to get some of my shopping done. I'm one of those busy bees who kind of like, I got a couple. I got some for my staff. That's the key, right, for my, my favorite guys here on the show. So I got that done. But I got still a lot of shopping to do. So pray for me this weekend because I'm going to be like auto shopping. It's going to be like boom, 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 boom. Uh, I'm a busy gal. I got things to do. I got to host a show like uh, and stay with all of you guys. So anyway, I just want to wish all of you, most importantly, a beautiful and blessed and safe and warm Christmas. Coming up, by the way, here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to be talking later on in the next hour. Uh, this is amazing. New York State ready to unveil its first licensed pot shop. I mean, this is all we need right now. Uh, and it's right near a couple colleges. This is in an area where there's a lot of crime. It's like, I thought for a minute, I was like, is de Blasio still mayor? Because that's something that he would propose. And yet here it is, Mayor Eric Adams, Governor Kathy Hochul, a time where crime is surging. We still have massive homelessness problems. And let's just add another layer to it. Let's just, you know, like, why don't we just walk around, like, you know, in a food store where you have little samples and they're like, you're on a tray. Hey, would you like to try a hash brownie or would you like to try this? I told you guys I went to Amsterdam uh, years and years ago. So I- I've seen some of the worst of it. So I- I'll tell you a little bit about some of the pot shops that I saw there. We're going to take your calls on that because I personally am not a fan of this. I think it is a dangerous slippery slope, and I think it opens an enormous can of worms. I want to hear your thoughts on that in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, as retail theft, by the way, is another layer of crime that is just skyrocketing all over the country, including in New York City. Many chain stores closing. They just can't handle all the thefts, all the smash and grabs, which is a huge issue happening now with the holiday season. How sad, you know, because stores are packed. Uh, and so this is, uh, the height of, uh, smash and grab time, just grabbing stuff, people grabbing stuff and, and grabbing whatever they can in a, at a volume where suddenly all of them come at once. And it doesn't even matter if they have a little extra security. They can't handle it or they're told to stand down. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of that in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby show. Meantime, coming up, 
In just about half an hour or so, we're going to have here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to be talking with Wayne Allen Root. I love my buddy Wayne Allen Root, uh, an amazing TV host, an amazing radio host, and a very close friend of former President Trump. He just finished, literally a few hours ago, a major exclusive interview with President Trump. And it has some really powerful details, exclusive details. We're going to ask him, uh, was there a reaction about the January 6th report? Also, Kevin McCarthy. I call it the omnibust bill, not the omnibus bill, because it is so stunning, this bill uh, that is passing through Congress now and has no money for border security. Uh, the, basically, the Republicans got nothing. It's a whole big uh, amount of pork all over the place, and it's a lot of these Democratic wish lists, including CRT and all these other things. And yet the Republicans who claim that they were going to be different are basically towing the party line and acting like a bunch of swamp. So I'm sure President Trump is going to take aim at that and a whole bunch more, and we're going to have Wayne Allen Root join us in probably about 25 minutes or so here on the Rita Cosby Show to give us his firsthand exclusive look at his interview with President Trump. Meantime, we're talking about what's going on with President Trump, and he has taken incoming from every different direction. I mean, the January 6th committee just put out their report. It's only been out now for the full report, maybe in the last 24 hours, and now the manuscripts are starting to come out, and it's like little drips and drabs. It's almost like, you know, like uh, putting little uh, straws up your fingernails, little toothpicks up your fingernails. You know, it's like, okay, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. But so far, I haven't seen anything that's earth-shattering to President Trump. It just looks like a bunch of repeat. It looks like a bunch of sort of just kind of hogwash. And to me, it looks like basically clearly a panel that was out to just do whatever they can to try to dent President Trump, take him out, um, whatever they could do to eliminate him from running from office again. He already announced, so that kind of hurt their plans. And then they were trying to kind of, okay, well, now let's see what we can do. He's in the race. So then they came up with these criminal referrals. And I contend to you tonight, after seeing what they have billed as being this enormous, enormous breakthrough, um, and they said, boy, you're when well, you're going to be blown away when you hear the summation on Monday. Well, I wasn't really blown away. And then when the final report gets out, you're going to be blown away. And it's like so far... There's nothing really in it that I think changes the game. And I think Trump is still the guy to beat. Warts and all, bumps and all, certainly problems and all. And there's certainly, you know, issues with the race. There's no question about it. But I still think he is the one to beat. What are your thoughts tonight? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Was there anything that you've heard in the January 6th commission, the very partisan commission report that changes the game for you. Was there anything out there that made you say, oh, God, well, you know what? I like President Trump before, but now I don't really think so after this. I didn't hear anything. And in fact, I actually took it the other way. I actually had much higher expectations that maybe at some hand something was going to come out that who knows what somebody was going to say um, whether it was true or not, because clearly there are a lot of partisan people that they pulled forward. But the more we hear details, 
I still have not heard anything, even on the criminal referrals that they made, that changes the game on President Trump. I don't see anything that actually changes the dynamics that actually makes you say, well, you know what? Maybe this maybe changes my perspective and I'm not going to vote for President Trump or I'm going to pick, you know, contender B or contender C, uh, whether it's just Santos or whoever else or Nikki Haley or somebody else. I just don't see at this point, I think. And of course, you know, look, two years away, it's a little less than two years away. That's a lifetime in politics. Two hours is a lifetime in politics. You never know where things go. But if the race were held tomorrow, I would say he's clearly going to be the nominee. And right now, no matter what they throw at him, he doesn't seem to care. He just says, hey, it's a witch hunt. And a lot of people go, yeah. And me included with a lot of the stuff that I have seen. I haven't seen anything that's convinced me other than a couple angry former employees. And I actually think there's a lot of issues that need to be resolved on the GOP side. I think about all the things that we had earlier the week, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened with John Solomon. If you didn't hear that interview, that was a blockbuster here on the show where he was essentially saying, Nancy Pelosi, there's evidence the GOP has that Nancy Pelosi had the opportunity, had the opportunity to add more security on January 6th prior to January 6th, that the writing was on the wall and she didn't do it. So I actually think... Once the tables turn just even so slightly, it ain't going to be pretty for the Democratic side. I mean, you could see how much they were just cutting out sound bites and even cutting his quotes. Remember, they cut out the peacefully and patriotically. It was like, go to the Capitol and let's leave out peacefully and patriotically or go home. And he said, go, you know, I mean, it was like the minute they actually even played the full clips, you're going to go, OK, if I was a, you know, defense attorney for him, I'd be like, OK, case closed. First Amendment rights. Let's move on. You know, I mean, it's just it is sheer insanity. And now that I've heard more and more and more about what Nancy Pelosi was given in the last few hours, there's been a lot more details. And other Republican members of Congress have come out validating a number of the things that John Solomon and others were reporting, essentially that there were clear text messages. There were emails and all of these things could have clearly sent a signal that we need extra security and that that was essentially her responsibility. So I think it's going to look really ugly because they are talking about now subpoenaing Nancy Pelosi. Can you imagine that one of their first witnesses, let's get Alejandro Mayorkas and then maybe Hunter. I don't know which order to go in and then Pelosi. If, if I was, if I was like, if somebody said, okay, which one you want to call up first? I don't know. I'd have to fight with myself because all of them are really, really important witnesses. And they could all be bombshells and big, you know, big, big blows to the Democratic Party and especially to the Biden administration. Now, what are your thoughts about all of this in terms of President Trump? How do you think once the tables have turned, is it going to help President Trump in a big way? And the fact that he has made it through so much incoming as we're heading into the holidays And he is still standing and still saying, you know, I told you so, especially tonight, as we're looking about the swamp passing one of the biggest bills ever in American history. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Ari Melber on MSNBC, uh, because, of course, uh, he can't stand President Trump. This is what he basically says of the former president after 
reading much of this report from the January 6th committee. The point is the length Trump was going to try to get to the Capitol to meet up with his armed supporters to finish the violent coup and insurrection. That's the point. This is a portrait of an autocrat clinging to power in his last days in office, trying to physically join the armed insurrection and then being physically stopped by his own Secret Service agents. That's damning. So they make it sound like Donald Trump is like holding a cannon and like saying, charge, you know, towards the Capitol. I mean, what movie is this guy watching? I mean, give me a break. This is unbelievable. So here's a little bit more of Ari Melber basically saying that he thinks it is serious for President Trump what came out in the January 6th report. The legal point is not that Trump's stance towards the possible murder of McCarthy and Pence and Pelosi was immoral or disgusting, which it was. No, the point is that he intended the outcome. It's not about bad judgment or him being tasteless. It's the requisite ingredients for an indictable felony. I mean, First Amendment and boy, are they just like wetting their whistle? You know, are they, why don't you just charge them with murder? I mean, you know, based on what you're saying here, I mean, this is like, this is so unbelievable and so over the top, even for MSNBC. But it doesn't stop there. Then he also says that Trump was basically being covert on so many activities, and that's also going to do him. And so murder, and here's here's other things. Donald Trump, he wasn't shocked at all because he'd been planning this, and he planned to march there, and he planned to have those other people march there, and he kept it secret, which is incriminating. Just like in the Mueller probe when he kept other meddling secret because he knew it was incriminating because he has experience hiding evidence of crimes. So what about the secret, Ari Melber, of basically Nancy Pelosi now that the House is aware and it's a new GOP House? Guess what? January 3rd is right around the corner, Ari, and now there are text messages and emails back and forth showing that she was aware that there was massive security potentially issues. By the way, I think it's derelict that she turned him down, even if there weren't massive security threats. And the reason I say that is when you know that a lot of people are coming to the Capitol on January 6th, we all knew it because, remember, they were advertising there was going to be this big, huge rally and that they were going to go and march to the Capitol and, you know, a lot of people in Washington. Why would you not just do extra security just anyway. And now we find out there were all, all these intelligence reports, according to even the whole January 6th committee, that there were major threats and that the FBI took in some, the Secret Service took in some. So why would you have not done extra security, even just on your own, let alone now there are text messages and emails that show that there were repeated requests and that Nancy Pelosi's office, her chief of staff, and her head of her security basically said, nah, the optics don't look good. Optics is not the reason to leave America and Americans in a precarious situation. You think about how different that would have been had there been a whole bunch of armed National Guards. Uh, and now, smartly, the House GOP is saying, you know what? I think we need to call Pelosi. So are the tables going to turn? 
And did Trump kind of get through the darknesses and a little sunshine coming through, maybe after Christmas or after New Year's, at least after January 3rd? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back here on The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And maybe President Trump, who is definitely going to be partying it up in Mar-a-Lago this Christmas, he has a lot to celebrate. He went through one heck of a year and he's still standing. And I contend tonight he is still the guy to beat. By the way, in about 10 minutes, we are going to be uh, talking with Wayne Allen Root a uh, great TV host and radio host who just did an exclusive interview with President Trump to get his reaction of what President Trump thinks of all the stuff that's been coming from different directions towards him and also what he expects for his future. Definitely stay tuned for that. That's coming up in 10 minutes here on The Rita Cosby Show. But I contend that President Trump at this point is sitting pretty and is full steam ahead with everything as he's waiting to see biden said after the holidays that's when he may announce if he's going to run he was supposed to do it after thanksgiving uh if i were him i would take another five or ten years to decide i wouldn't i i don't think i'd be in any rush to put america through that again uh hopefully somebody knocks some sense into him but the unfortunately jill is telling everybody she's all in so that's not good news because you know she's encouraging him to run again that means maybe america stuck with him again uh, but we'll see. He's supposed to make a decision likely now, probably right after the first of the year. Maybe maybe he'll do it on uh, January 2nd, uh, maybe around 11 o'clock, maybe an hour before uh, the hands go over into the House GOP on January 3rd. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Eddie on line six. Eddie, your thoughts about all this? Uh, hi, Rita. You're a funny, funny woman. Um, I, just, I would say you, you're 100% right. Trump is the man to beat because all I have one question for all those that doubt Trump, I, that hate Trump. Describe yourself as you will describe Donald Trump or describe Trump as you will describe yourself. And if you cannot do that, well, that makes you what? Makes you a hypocrite. That's right. Yeah, and and how about or makes you an ass, right? <laughs> and if you can't do that, so you know all these people are saying about Trump this, Trump that. Listen, Trump's still the man to do the job. He has to go forward with it, and I'm a hundred percent with you on that. You know the one thing I think about too, Eddie. Who else could handle? Uh, all nobody, the slings and arrows. Nobody. Oh, my God. Nobody else. There's nobody. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what Democrat says. I don't care what strategist says. I don't care. Trump is the man. They hate him. They fear him so much that they will go to the extreme, to the extreme to have that man not run for 2024. And by the way, Eddie, I also think 
any Republican that plans to also run, because I think there'll be other names, whether they'll be real contenders or not is a whole other story. But anybody else who throws their name in the arena, um, if they think like that, they're going to be, you know, exempt from barbs by the Democrats. Uh, you know, I got a bridge to sell you because all they have to do, whoever's going to be the front runner is clearly going to be taken incoming from the Democrats. There is no question. And we have seen the lengths they went to with this January 6th commission. We've seen with the criminal referrals. I mean, there are so many things that they are now putting in their arsenal. So they will weaponize against anybody who's going to be the front runner. So if you replace another name, it's not like, okay, if Trump moves aside, the other person is going to get just as intense and may not be able to handle the heat. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very powerful story coming from Pennsylvania, where central police officers there in Pennsylvania save a woman who accidentally drove her car into a pond. Manheim Township Police saved a woman who became trapped in her car on Thursday after accidentally driving into a local pond. Boy, imagine how cold that must have been. The 59-year-old Lancaster woman misjudged a turn before ending up in the pond around 8 p.m. in the evening in the area of Oregon Pike. Officers Kyle Carney and Anthony DiClemente broke into the woman's window. They opened her door, pulled her out of the car just as the vehicle became submerged. What a dramatic scene. Police said the officers pulled the woman to the edge of the pond where she was medically evaluated before she was being taken to the hospital with amazingly only minor injuries. And the police chief there said the officers jumped into freezing cold water without hesitation the quick response and fact, fast action of these brave officers undoubtedly saved the life of this driver. Thank goodness she is going to be able to be home with her family this Christmas, thanks to the great, great work of the officers there in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Bravo. I can't imagine how scary and how treacherous that must have been. And we love doing our Support Our Heroes segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show and uh, love our Back the Blue. And we're going to be doing the Support Our Heroes in the next hour where we honor our veterans and their families. And to all of you in law enforcement, we love you, we appreciate you, and we hope that you and your families all have a great and safe and beautiful Christmas this year. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump. We've been talking about the January 6th report, the final report. Parts of it keep getting leaked out in the last few hours. They released the whole thing, but now they're doing transcripts. Now they're doing individual testimony. And it's like, we're going to be talking. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, uh, you know, in a nursing home. And I'm going to be hearing Liz Cheney talking about some another element of January 6th. I, they're never going to give up on January 6th. It's like no matter what happens, now let's try January 6th one more time. Anything they can do to try to go up against President Trump. Well, here's Ari Melber talking about how he thinks what happened on January 6th, and he thinks this referral is just absolutely damning. Of course, this is on MSNBC. Many people beg to differ, but here's MSNBC. I've heard from some people today, not all of it's new. Well, sure. 
I mean, this was an insurrection that played out on live TV. But some of the details and stitching it all together is new. Trump making that sinister remark during the crime speech. And now the committee is putting that evidence together with the other evidence that he not only intended it in advance, premeditated criminal, but continued conspiring with the convicted seditionists as it went on to sabotage the certification. And President Trump just wrapped up a big exclusive interview. And the person who got that coveted interview joins us now here on the Rita Cosby Show. He is a great TV and radio host and knows the president well. Joining us now here is Wayne Allen Root. Wayne, congrats on this interview. I can't wait to hear about it. And also, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, I love this time of year. I love it. And I love being out with you. Hello, Rita. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone. It's a great time of year. We can finally forget about all our problems and politics for a few minutes, but not during this interview, right? After this interview, then it's time to enjoy Christmas. My wife begged me for 48 hours, do not talk politics. So this will be my last talking of politics for 48 hours just for you. Well, I'm glad that I get the final one before you go into like your moment of silence. Um, but let's hear about it because one word I would never describe President Trump as is silent. Um, he's always extremely vocal and the two of you have a great, great relationship. Talk about first off, what were some of the big surprising things? Because boy, is he taking a lot of incoming. We've been talking, of course, about the January 6th committee, their final report. What's his reaction to all of this stuff that's been coming out, especially in the last few days? Everybody in the whole world was lined up to give money to the candidates running against Trump's MAGA candidates to make sure that my boy Adam Laxall lost in Nevada and that Carrie Lake and Blake Masters lost in Arizona and Dr. Oz lost in Pennsylvania and Herschel Walker lost in Georgia. So when the election was over, they could just say in unison, the entire Uniparty, in unison, McConnell, the Democrats, the deep state, the corporations, D. Trump is lost. He's lost his touch. His candidates don't win. We're not a MAGA nation. It's a lie. People love Trump now more than they've ever loved him. At least normal people do. Trump voters love Donald Trump. They appreciate what he's done. He's taken all the slings and arrows for all of us. I just wrote the column that Trump is our Braveheart, and you ought to appreciate it at Christmas time. He's our Sir William Wallace, who you basically, you know, had to die. But when he died, he won the battle for independence for the Scottish people after a long battle, hundreds of years under British rule. And that's what Trump is. He's taken the slings and the arrows and the shots for all of us. He's under attack by the deep state, the, the D.C. swamp, uh, you know, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, George Soros, China, the Chinese Communist Party. They're all against Trump, Rita, the whole world. And yet the latest poll I saw from McLaughlin Associates yesterday, Trump's up by DeSantis by 25 points, and he beats Biden by three points if he runs tomorrow. So he's at the low point of his entire life, in my opinion, and he's still beating DeSantis by 25 and Biden by three. He has nowhere to go but up from here under nonstop attack since the day the election was over. What was the election, like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? Nonstop attack. In every and you know, I agree with you, by the way, Wayne. I've never seen someone with so much incoming. Um, and it's clear. I mean, even at the end of the January 6th, the final report that just came out yesterday, uh, Liz, Liz Cheney couldn't wait to at the very end basically say, well, this person is unfit for office. You could see their whole objective and Benny Thompson, anything they could do to stop Trump. They clearly are threatened by him. They're clearly worried by him. 
Um, how does he handle all of this incoming? And what did he say about all the, the latest January 6th, also his taxes? I mean, they're everything. You know, you know, first of all, the, the biggest thing he wanted to talk about was not any of that. It was the omnibus spending bill, which is the biggest disgrace in the history of America. So what he did he tell you on that? I And by the way, Wayne, I agree. It is, it's astounding when you look at all the pork that is in that package. Uh, again, nothing for border security in it. There are so many issues. What did President tell us about the interview with Trump? I was very open with Trump in that interview. I mean, you got to watch it tomorrow. It's, it's, uh, it's Saturday morning at noon East Coast time on Real America's Voice TV network. And my show's called America's Top Ten Countdown. I was very open with him. I said, listen, I'm Jewish. I know you were the greatest president in the history of America for the Jews, and yet the liberals and the media are trying to paint you as an anti-Semite. You know, explain to all of us why you never would have gone to that dinner if you'd known, why you're not going to ever be friends with the anti-Semite. The whole thing is ridiculous. You were set up. You didn't know who the guy was. I never heard of the guy. So he answered that. I asked him about Kevin McCarthy. I, I was very open. I said, I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I don't think Kevin McCarthy should be Speaker of the House. I was the guy who said, you should be Speaker of the House, Donald Trump. Why would you ever fight for McCarthy? I think you'll be very surprised at his answer. And last but not least, I was actually bold enough to ask him about vaccines. I said, listen, you and I are great friends. This was my 11th interview with President Trump, by the way, 11th. I'm a son of a butcher from Mount Vernon. No, I love that. Awesome. He loves you. I know that. <laughs> he does. So I said, listen, you love me and I love you, but I disagree with you 180% on the vaccines. You're wrong on the vaccines. But here's the reason why I still support you, and I will forever. I'm loyal forever to you, President Trump. Number one, you're the greatest economic president in history. You made us all a lot of money. You helped our businesses prosper. You were great for everyone. But number two, you're against vaccine mandates. I don't care that you and I disagree on the vaccine. You would never mandate anyone, right? He said, right. I said, you'd never force anyone to take it, right? He said, right. I said, you'd never let the military be forced to take a vaccine, right? He said, right. I said, you'd never let a pilot have to take it. He said, right. I said, you'd never make a child take the vaccine ever to go to school. He said, right. And then he gave an answer. I'm going to tease you. I'm not going to tell you the answer. He gave an answer about children and the vaccine that will shock you because he sounded like me when it came to children and the vaccine. I think he's on the right path and he's waking up a little bit. So at least... I'm thankful for that, and I made it clear to everyone why I support him, even though I'm very anti-COVID vaccine, because he won't make anyone take it against their will. And this is a free country. If you want it, take it. If you don't, don't. That's my belief on it all. And we just have a few minutes left. I, I know you can't tell us everything, but give us a little bit more meat on what he said. What was sort of surprising to you, like, last on the omnibus, on McCarthy, also on just all this incoming that is happening to him. Is he optimistic about his campaign? Just give me a few, a little meat on the bone. Yeah, I'm not that optimistic about America. So, you know, I, I said to him in quite a few of the most recent interviews, this one and others, that, you know, you're talking about running in 24, and I'm all for you, and I'll support you all the way. But I don't know that the America we know and love is going to be around in 2024. I don't know there's not going to be a massive economic collapse in the next year. I fear 2023, my gut says, will be the worst year in America's history. There's going to be so many bad things coming around the pike in the next year. The things that they've done to this country, the open border, the horrible spending, the, the vaccine mandates, the, the just uh, the attacks on business, the attacks on patriotism, the censorship, the banning, the suspensions. You know, I just got back on Twitter, right? And Twitter lets me on after banning me for two years. So Elon Musk saves me and reinstates me. I got 112,000 fans. I'm being shadow banned all over again because he's got little snowflakes who probably used to work for the CIA running Twitter under him. And he doesn't even know what they're up to. And what they're doing is they're making sure no one could read what I put out. 
It's an absolute disgrace. We're not allowed to talk in this country anymore. There is no free speech. There is no First Amendment. And I know their goal is to take away the Second Amendment because they're scared to death that we're all so angry they've taken away the First Amendment. They don't want us to have guns to defend ourselves and to fight back. So I just feel this country is in dire, dire shape, and I know he agrees. And he, and he feels the same way. I mean, that was, that was the feeling of our interview. There's a lot of bad things happening, and they're treating him in such a horrible way. And yet, you know, he could spit on the sidewalk, Rita, and they try and give him life in prison. And a Democrat could murder 52 people, and they say, ah, no big deal. You're out on bail, and we'll let you. Hey, they let Friedman, what's his name, Bankman Freed. Yeah, Sam Bankman Freed. Exactly. There was no bail. There was nothing. They let him out on nothing. This is crazy. Yet the January 6th protesters are rotting away in solitary in prison for just standing in the Capitol or being invited in and going inside. They're rotting. So, yes, yeah, so Wayne, I, I, to your point, I, I agree with you, by the way. I mean, it's been shocking to see the disparity. What again did President Trump say about like all the January 6th stuff and just all of this? What did he say to you? Give us a sense of what we'll hear more of in the interview tomorrow and we'll see in the interview. You're, you're not going to hear anything about the I didn't, I didn't get to that. I can't get to every, everything, Rita. I got to as many things as I could. He talks a long time, you know. Each answer is like five minutes, and we had a 20-minute interview. Exactly. So no, he does. you got to keep steering him in. I've interviewed him many uh, no, times. Now, what about so what about I, McCarthy on, I, and on the omnibus? What was that? Give me a little bit of a sense of what he omnibus. said. I had to get in the omnibus. He said that's the biggest disgrace in history. And he, he went into vitriol state about Mitch McConnell, and I agree with him. He just can't stand Mitch McConnell. But that led me to say, hey, I personally don't think McCarthy's much better. He's a little better. But why would you want to endorse McCarthy? And his basic answer, you got to watch to see it, but I'll give you the sum up. The basic answer was Washington, D.C. is horrible. Everyone there is horrible. And so you got to take what you can get, and he's probably the best you'll find for now. And if you get rid of McCarthy, the next guy will be worse than McCarthy. He told the story of Boehner. He said Boehner was awful. The guy cries every five minutes. What a loser. <laughs> but then you got rid of him and you got Ryan. Paul Ryan was worse than Boehner. He said, if you get rid of McCarthy, the next guy will be worse. So I'd rather just stick with McCarthy. And I came back on the air and I said, you do know that there's a tape out there of him badmouthing you behind your back. He's a backstabber. Why would you support a backstabber? He said, Wayne, I know all about it. I heard the tape. It is what it is. It's Washington. And then I said to him, yeah, I guess that's that old saying, right? If you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> is is so there I any doubt after talking... Is there any doubt after talking to President Trump, um, Wayne, in your great interview, uh, that he is confident? Um, and does he still sound like the guy uh, leading the charge and clearly the one to beat? Absolutely. That's why I wrote the column about him being Braveheart, and he tweeted it out today. Although he's not on Twitter. He's on Truth Social, of course, his own version of Twitter. But he, he posted a nice little uh, uh, – I call them tweets anyway. That's kind of the vernacular now, right? He tweeted out – uh, you know, thanks to Wayne Root for a great column, and then he tweeted out my column about him being Braveheart. But he's, he's a big fan of what I write, and I do see him as a hero. I do see him as a guy taking our slings and arrows, and I do see it as it's all of them in the deep state and the D.C. swamp and the world who hates American exceptionalism and wants to take us down, and China and the Chinese Communist Party. It's all of them against us, you and me and the middle class and the small business and there's one guy standing between us and them, and that's him. And if they take him down with an arrow, we're next. So I'm glad he's in the way taking the swings and arrows. Just 
I implore everybody, don't believe the mountain of lies they tell all day long and the fake news all day long, an avalanche of hatred against President Donald J. Trump. It's all fake news. It's all gaslighting. They're gaslighting the guy. Do I defend everything he does? No. I think he makes a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. You know, I wouldn't have had dinner with Kanye West, let alone the other guy. You know, and I would not support Kevin McCarthy. And I would not support the vaccine. I would say that nobody should ever have to get that vaccine. But the end result is, you know, I think it was Reagan once said, if you're with me 70, 80 percent of the time, you're not my enemy. You're my best friend. I'm with him 95 percent of the time. Every once in a while, he does something that I cringe to. Every once in a while, he says something that makes me go, why would you say that? Every once in a while, he believes in something like the, how great the vaccines are, when clearly people are dying suddenly all over the United States and all over the world. In the headlines every day, Rita, not a day goes by where 10 famous people have dropped dead suddenly. And nobody seems to think it's a big deal. Never saw it in the history of my life. Everyone goes to bed, they have a heart attack, they don't wake up in the morning. Oh, that's normal when you're 30 years old. I mean, it's happening everywhere. So he's wrong on the vaccines, but he's right on everything else. And we need him back and we need him to steward the economy because things are going to get much worse under Joe Biden over the next two years. Much worse. We need Trump back. Well, everybody, I encourage you to tune in to Wayne Allen Root. Um, again, tell us again where they can see the interview tomorrow. I sure, can't wait, Wayne. Sure, it's Real America's Voice. So you, you either have a Dish Channel 219. If you don't have Dish TV, then you can watch it at realamericasvoice.com. You can watch it on uh, America's Voice app on your phone. You can watch it on all those things, you know, Hulu, Pluto, there's a million of them. It's, it's on all of them. It's stream TV and it's also dish TV and it's also a, a real America's voice.com. It's at noon East coast time tomorrow. America's top 10 countdown with Wayne L. Root. Trump will be my guest and I have lots to say. It's my top 10 stories of the week. And I think uh, your typical New York blue collar conservative like me, son of a butcher like me will love every word that I say. What are the top 10 stories? Because you don't hear them on CBS, ABC, NBC, or even Fox News or Newsmax. You only get them from Wayne Root, who's a real person, who understands what really matters, not what the rich elites think matter in Washington, D.C. Well, we love you, Wayne. I love you. Big hugs this holiday. And I will be tuning in tomorrow for this great exclusive with President Trump, with my friend Wayne Allen Root. Thank you, Wayne. Happy holidays. Thanks, Rita. Thanks, Rita. Root for America. That's my website, rootforamerica.com. It'll be there as well. Good night and happy, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thanks so much, Wayne. Great having you here. And, you know, Wayne makes a great point, guys, that, you know, President Trump could spit on the sidewalk. He'd get life in prison. And Samuel Sam Bankman Freed is a freed man, essentially, right now. I mean, he's sitting in a nice, cozy $4 million home with his parents in California under house arrest. I mean, look at, I look at the disparity. It is pretty amazing when you look at everything right now. Isn't that a little bit of hypocrisy and double standards? That guy, it's the biggest white collar crime in American history. And he's hanging out probably having champagne and strawberries with his parents in a beautiful home that's four million bucks. They put up help and some anonymous donors. We're going to get to that too. Whole bunch of stuff. I think that that guy should be behind bars. It's outrageous. And yet President Trump, they like, you know, are ready to like, you know, uh, throw away the key and lock him in prison for telling people to peacefully and patriotically go home on January 6th. I call that a double standard. And boy, is that disgusting politics. 1-800-848-9222. We'll take your calls when we come back here on The Rita Cosby Show.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. It's the Rita Cosby Show. What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? We will run. And we will live. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. I'm dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! So, quick question. Is that Braveheart or is that President Trump on January 6th? Which one, guys? It's Braveheart, of course. I'm being facetious. But, my goodness, that is exactly how Wayne Allen Root describes President Trump as America's Braveheart. He said he has taken the slings and arrows for all of us. I will say he's one of the few that can handle the incoming that the Democrats have had. And by the way, I love that movie. Braveheart was a great movie. I thought Mel Gibson was amazing. I'm I'm such a huge Mel Gibson fan. And that Braveheart scene where he goes, freedom, and they charge. You can just, that was one of the best, best scenes in movie history ever. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Eric. On line seven, Eric, your thoughts about where Trump is standing. How are you doing? And happy holidays, Eric. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, President Trump, he is a force of nature. I love him. I, I imagine it's like, it's like, you know, what happens when you shoot a machine gun at the Hulk? He gets bigger. And what are you doing? You see he's getting bigger, right? I mean, I mean, he's loved from sea to shining sea. You know, it's just it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. But I, I, I think... I don't know. Maybe there's something or someone they're more afraid of than him because I don't know what they're doing. It's insane. I, I just they're scary people. They're scary people. By the way, know? I don't and I don't see anybody that they feel is threatened by. I mean, I think they're taking a few barbs at DeSantis because they see that he's doing you know well in the polls they're too. Afraid of Trump. Yeah. yeah, they're definitely afraid of Trump. No sure, question. Sure. And, and <laughs> I have. By the way, Eric, I have no doubt if Trump didn't announce that he was running for president and said I'm going to fade away and go to. Uh, you know, hang out in, uh, you know, in, uh, Barbados for the next rest of my life. Um, they probably would go, oh, okay, well, uh, oh, let's not worry about Trump. Now that DeSantis guy is my, you know, you can see where they're going. I mean, they clearly are worried. And yet Trump just has said it's a witch hunt and he is going full steam ahead. Is, is it a fair comparison to tie him to Braveheart? What do you think, Eric? Oh, yes, definitely. Everyone knows it. I mean, he's just, he, he's there. He is protecting us. You know, he didn't have to take this job and he didn't have to, you know, he lost money taking this job. You know, we, we, we were lucky to have him. We were lucky to have him. That's all I can say, you know. I, I can think of very few Americans who could take the incoming that he is taking. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Eric, thank you. And I hope that you have a terrific Christmas 
with you and your family. Thanks so much. We're going to continue, everybody, with calls after the break on this. 1-800-848-9222. Is that a fair comparison? Is he like Mel Gibson and Braveheart? Freedom! Is that a fair comparison? We will talk about that. And also, New York's first licensed pot shop. Just what we need. More druggies and more stoners. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And everybody's so glad to be with you now as we're heading into Christmas Eve day. I can't believe that it is like right around the corner of the holidays. This year just flew. Uh, and again, I hope all of you have a beautiful and happy and safe and warm holiday season. And I hope you travel safely because it is still such a mess. We're getting so many different updates about so many of the travel issues that are happening uh, sheets of ice. So many of the planes are just getting slowed down or canceled. So I hope everybody gets to their family in time and gets there safely and most importantly, uh, spends time with the ones you love. That's what Christmas is really all about. And I'm so happy to be with all of you. That to me makes it so special for me. So I love being with you every night here on the Rita Cosby show. Well, coming up, by the way, later in this hour, we're going to be talking about New York next week getting its first licensed marijuana shop. It's opening up in Greenwich Village, uh, basically near a couple New York colleges. So you, you add this to a time where crime is skyrocketing. Uh, you see the headlines all over the place. Um, there are all the issues with the subway crime is escalating. Um, violent crime is skyrocketing. Close to 30%. You sit and look at all these different numbers of the homeless. Uh, you don't have to go and do a pot shop. You just walk down any New York City street and you're going to get high. Because I can't think of a single day that I have walked down the street in New York. Any street in New York. It doesn't really matter where you don't smell it. It's like everywhere. So maybe on one hand, maybe in a shop, you know, it's like it's just sort of par for the course. I'm not surprised by this. But I am not a fan of this, and I think it's a very dangerous, slippery slope that we're headed into. Of course, legalized in New York, and so the governor and many others, and by the way, the prior governor was the one who actually signed the cannabis law. Uh, that was former Governor Andrew Cuomo, who had a couple problems, as you may remember. But former Governor Andrew Cuomo signed that law. It was on uh, March 2021, and so Kathy Hochul, though, said she wanted to expedite it. So we're going to talk about what you think about cannabis being added to all the combination of homelessness that we're dealing with, repeat offenders. We got so many issues with the bail law and the lack of enforcement of criminals. And then why don't we just give them drugs to make drugs even more accessible? I've never been a fan of drugs, especially with young people. And I'm not a fan of making it more accessible. I just I just fear it. it opens the door and it makes things even more dangerous and more reckless in New York City at a time that we don't need it. There's already bad enough. And this is indicative in so many big cities across this country. Here is Chris Alexander. He's with the Office 
of Cannabis Management. That's a new one, the Office of Cannabis Management. And this is when he is making the big announcement. First legal adult use cannabis sale in the state of New York will take place on December 29th. Great. So December 29th, let's ring in the new year if you can remember it, depending what you buy there at the store. So we're going to talk about that later on in the hour. I think it's dangerous. I know there are people who smoke responsibly, but I know a lot who don't. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, we are talking about President Trump and your reactions to what you think is ahead for him. And what do you make of all the headlines, especially the last 24 hours from the January 6th committee? Many of the different transcripts have shown uh, that have come out just in the last like few hours, basically showing, you know, that there were repeat comments about security issues, that they estimate that there were a number of people that were in the crowd. Some of them had brass knuckles. There was one report that said a couple of them had screwdrivers, others had guns, um, and that there were also prior reports of security, which again goes back to all this stuff with Nancy Pelosi. Why did she and her office, uh, especially her office, as far as we know from these details that have come out from the House GOP, why did all that get turned down? What are your thoughts about all this? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Is Trump, as Wayne Allen Root, who did the interview with him, is he America's braveheart? What will you do without freedom? Will you fight? We will run. And we will live. Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. And dying in your beds many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Freedom! That does sound a lot like Trump, especially at the end there. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, let's go to Sandra, line six. Sandra, your thoughts about all this, because there's a lot to take in. Go ahead. Oh, good evening, um, uh, Rita. Merry Christmas to you. Um, I wanted to first say that your guest tonight was awesome, and I want to catch his show, if you can tell us after I talk. But I wanted to say about Donald Trump, I think this is a setup, and I really believe in my heart that Nancy Pelosi set this up. She probably figured she can get away with anything, as she always does. So I really think this was a setup, and, and, and done. I think that I mean the cops letting the people come in, waving them to come in. Too many. I think that. And then I wanted to say about pot smoking. You were talking about that. When I saw these vans on 42nd Street, they had ice cream and they had popcorn, all designed on the truck. It was so alluring to young children to want to see what's in those trucks. And it's a concern. It's a fear that it's going to lure innocent people to start doing that stuff. Yeah, you know what? Um, and I'll I'll answer your your last part first. And, and Sandra, it's great to get your call. I agree with you. When I see these like pot trucks around town, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, what are they selling? What kind of like fun kitty stuff? And then I look at, I'm like, oh, it's a pot truck. Um, you're right. 
It's like I was, and I was looking to see, once I realized that, I was like, is Cheech driving? Who's driving? Cheech or Chong? Is the smoke coming out of the back like Willie Nelson, you know? But now I see them all over town, and they're in a lot of cities across America. And I do, I think it's a really slippery slope, and I think it's, you know, I think it's just a dangerous place to be, Sandra, you know, and so many levels, and at a time where the city is just dealing with so much crime and so many issues. And they they haven't gotten a handle on how to even, you know, lock somebody up who's committed, you know, there what is it? There was one guy who had over a hundred offenses. I think you gotta right. figure that out before you have the layer of uh making pot more accessible to somebody like that or somebody else who walks in. It's just it it makes it too easy. And I, and I think, you know, what's the next step? So, so I hear you on that for sure. Um, regarding, by the way, the interview tomorrow, it's going to be Wayne Allen Root, um, his interview with Trump. It's on Real America's Voice. Uh, it's a conservative, right? Conservative network at noon. And, um, so make sure you check it out because it's, it's going to obviously be fantastic. But you bring up a great point about Nancy Pelosi. There, there's something that just, it doesn't sit right with me. With all my time as an investigative journalist covering all this stuff, I was in Washington for years. I was senior correspondent in Washington and covered Capitol Hill and White House and all that stuff. I mean, the fact that there are all these prior warnings to her office now, um, and yet she didn't want it. And I, I want to repeat, repeat everybody, this is the interview that we did with John Solomon, just to kind of refresh everybody's memory, because it was pretty blockbuster. Here is what he talked about on our show earlier in the week, Sandra, where he basically described how Nancy Pelosi, being House Speaker, remember at that time she's House Speaker till the 3rd, it was her responsibility to basically be her office, the liaison between what extra security needs to come Everybody knew January 6th was going to have a massive crowd. Uh, the question was what was going to happen, but there were reports it was clearly going to get unruly and people were feisty and spirited and, and all that other stuff. And for that reason, there, you know, you had to be a second grader not to put extra security that day. I mean, there's something seriously wrong here and it does make you suspicious. First, here's what John said earlier this week. Take a listen. All of that's going on. Their meetings or their intersection with the security planners are occurring while the Capitol Police are getting all this intelligence that bad things are going to happen, that there's going to be violence, that they're talking about storming the Capitol, that they want to uh, target the tunnels and go after lawmakers, interrupt the certification of the vote. So the intelligence warnings are there. Pelosi's people are meeting with the right people, fashioning the plan, and then the plan fails because not enough resources were provided. So why were resources not provided? Here's what some text messages and emails are showing. And again, these are messages between Nancy Pelosi's chief of staff and also head of security team. So they're clearly people that were, you know, consulting with Nancy Pelosi directly. They don't just make a decision unilaterally on something as key important as this. They don't go to the bathroom without saying, hey, can I go to the bathroom? Is it, can I go to the, the men's room or the women's room? You know, I mean, I'm telling you, especially in Nancy Pelosi's office, that's a whole other story. But anyway, take a listen. Here is what John Solomon had to say as what these new text messages reveal as to why they held off on security. And one final note I'll make about what these text messages and what Capitol Police whistleblowers, who the lawmakers interviewed, revealed in their interviews. 
They said that the reason given why the National Guard wasn't accepted, why more officers weren't armed in riot gear and ready to do, is that the political leadership of the House, those people reporting to Pelosi, were worried about the optics of what it looked like to have armed people protecting the Capitol. So they didn't make a security decision in the face of threats. They made a political decision, and that has turned out to be so fateful. So for optics reasons, they didn't what like the look of like a whole bunch of security around. They put America in danger. I mean, you could make the case clearly that if there was a whole bunch more security, which there absolutely should have been just with the warning signs and just the fact that there's a major crowd. Whenever you see any major event around America, you're always going to see tons of police, tons of extra officers. This is normal. It's just crowd control. That's a normal thing. Think about how different January 6th would have been had they said, oh, God, we better. We're not going to be able to get in there. Anybody who who thought anything about trying to go inside was not going to be able to get in if suddenly they were met with like a row of shields and a row of extra people. Just common sense. So why did she allow that? It sounds like the House committee is going to be subpoenaing her now, the GOP House, coming up and maybe, you know, they might even issue a subpoena. Boy, that could be interesting. Remember how? Uh, Biden on day one, kill the Keystone Pipeline. That's sort of his hall to fame. Maybe their hall to fame, the House GOP, will be day one. We're going to subpoena Nancy Pelosi. Boy, would that be interesting. And I think America deserves to hear, what did you know? Why did you turn it down? Are you stupid because of optics or is there something else? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Stan on line four. Stan, your thoughts. How are you? And ho, ho, ho on this freezing night. It Jeez. is very cold. Happy holidays, and Stan. Is there a heater in the uh, studio there with you? I, I do, but because there's no hot air here. Are muffins or muffins <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> anyway, uh, first of all, I want to say you and I are on the same page tonight about the marijuana shops. Totally, completely. I can't stand the stink. In Forest Hills, two have opened up. One opened up about two weeks ago. They gave out hats. I grabbed the hat to cover my head. I don't take pot, but I just wanted the hat. The other place is a medical marijuana place, and they have to come in with prescriptions, legitimate ones. But this is a, this is a scourge, the third scourge. You know, cigarettes, alcohol, and this is going to be bad. You are absolutely correct. It's going to get worse. I didn't want to uh, talk about it. you brought it up. No, it, no, no. It, but it, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did, Sam, because to me I agree it's with concerning. You a percent. Yep, I, it's a, it's a slippery slope. I just think it opens, and I think at a time where I mean, blame me. You walked. I I said this, Stan, and I'm sure you feel the same way in Forest Hills. You walk down like any street, you just get high. Just you get you know talk about uh, secondhand smoke. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, my middle name should be Cheech just walking down the street of New York. There is so much smoke, so much marijuana. I, I honestly, I can't remember a time where I haven't smelled it. It's so pervasive. And sometimes it's like, you know, you're you're like a, a walking down, you're walking down a nice street. You're walking down wherever it's like a department store. I, I smelled it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get high before I pick out Christmas gifts. I'm not going to remember which Christmas gift I got. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Stan. Uh, you know, sometimes I walk and I've, I'm looking. The streets are moving. No, that's pot that's doing it. It's <laughs> like there's earthquakes in New York. No, no, that's that's that smell that's doing it to you. It's crazy. It is. It's way anyway, too much. Anyway, let's get to the main point. Okay, uh, yep, go ahead, Stan. Uh, let me tell you that I think Nancy Pelosi should not have to testify for nothing. As far as I'm concerned, she's a hero of January 6th. And when uh, Mr. McCarthy takes control of the House, he they should do, the Democrats, what he didn't do. He didn't show up 
to to uh, the committee. And Miss Pelosi, let her take the fifth. And as far as Trump is concerned, he isn't braveheart. He's got definitely heartburn. We don't need. <laughs> I'm telling you. So it's he's be he's bad. heartburn versus braveheart. That's a that's a good that's an interesting analogy. I, I appreciate the play of words, Stan. Stan, I love you. I don't agree with you, but I love you, and I hope that she does testify because uh, I think the American public deserves answers. Stan, have a great, great holiday, my friend, and I'm sure I'll talk to you after Christmas. Have a great one. I'll be back here on Monday, Stan. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Uh, you heard from Stan. He says that Trump is not Braveheart. He's Heartburn, 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are rocking around the Christmas tree here on the Rita Cosby Show. So happy to be with you as we lead into this big, beautiful holiday. I hope all of you have a fantastic, fantastic Christmas. Look forward to being with you guys on Monday night to hear about how your Christmas went and what were some of the highlights. And most importantly, enjoy your family and your friends. That is what it is all about this holiday. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, Stan gave us his take. He was a little tame. Maybe he's having a little bit of eggnog now. I'm not sure. Uh, but he did say that Nancy Pelosi is the hero of January 6th. And then he said Trump is not Braveheart, but Heartburn. That was kind of clever verbiage. But what do you think, guys? 1-800-848-9222. Two. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, Dom, you got a top uh, stand. Go ahead. Yes, I will. Okay, Rita, Merry Christmas to you and Mr. Stan, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, very good. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad he called before me and I was listening to him. I guess the guy is passionate, but I'm glad you're allowing him to speak. That's the best part of what makes this country great. You know, they have grabbed the tiger by the tail with Trump. I have disagreements with Trump about the react first, repent later tactics. I am not in love with everything he does. But at this point in our history, we need him more than ever at the helm in 2024. Because nobody has proven to me and many hardworking Americans that they can stand up to the brutal politics of D.C. and still keep fighting for the smelly Walmart people. So... Trump, to me, is like Braveheart or Mr. Freeze in Batman, Magneto in X-Men. Take your pick. In spite of being betrayed by his own people, he stood up and, and died for Scotland. You know, I mean, the Braveheart did. He needs to be in the White House, Trump does, in 2024 to deal with the true villains like Nancy, McConnell, Mayorkas, etc., destroying the greatest nation on Earth. That's my take on this whole thing. You know what's interesting, Dom? You brought up McConnell in that batch. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way based on what they've seen in the last 24, 48 hours. I mean, he was like, oh, yeah, let's hurry up and spend all this massive. This is the biggest spending package, basically, in American history. He's signing off on it because he just kind of wants to go home and he'd rather sort of stay in power. And it's like these backdoor deals. It's gross. 
I mean, it really is shocking that they sit there and say, oh, we do this, we do They should have just done a resolution. They could have done a continuing resolution, carried it through. But there's something up with this Mitch McConnell, and and you're right. It's like there's a lot of incoming, not even just from the Democrats, but even within the GOP. And there's a lot of, like, uh, sweeping that needs to be done. And it's not going to be done with somebody who's part of the system. So it's got to be somebody who's got the guts, uh, a William Wallace type, you know? Yeah, that's that's the only way things are going to change for America. Dom, thank you, and Merry Merry, Merry Christmas. Um, let's go to, let's go to Mike, line seven from Myrtle Beach, beautiful Myrtle Beach. Hey, Mike. Hey, Rita. What, what a, what a fun show tonight, man. I tell you, that one guy that called, I got to say this about, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi's a hero. First of all, hero should be reserved for, uh, you know, veterans and others. And I heard the expression, uh, in her case, you want to pump her up, you should get your own show on the internet. Because in her case, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. Ah, very nice. I was ready for you to go to a hero or zero. I was ready for that one. Hey, Mike, thank you very much. Have a great, great Christmas. Enjoy beautiful Myrtle Beach, too. I hope you're a little warmer than we are in New York. I pray you are. And everybody will continue your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, by the way, some um, big news that just came in just now, uh, that Governor Kathy Hochul of New York has just called for 54 members of the National Guard to be deployed to Erie County in New York and upstate New York because, of course, the weather there is so bad. There are so many huge reports of just massive snow, uh, high winds, uh, with this massive storm that's affecting so much of the country right now, sadly, with the holidays and everything, uh, life-threatening storm taking place. And our thoughts and prayers, of course, with everybody there in Erie County, New York, and the National Guard is being called out. That may happen in other parts of New York and other states in the next 24, 48 hours. But it's just a great, powerful reminder of the great work that our men and women do in the National Guard every single day. Whenever there's a crisis, I think about Hurricane Katrina, National Guard was there. Other flooding, National Guard was there. And, of course, here they are coming to do whatever they can because this is treacherous uh, with the ice, too, and so many issues that are going on. And, again, just really treacherous wind, uh, snow, and uh, potential for uh, just bone-chilling temperatures that are taking place in Erie County, New York, National Guard going there. Um, other uh, beautiful tributes happening, by the way, and we love doing our Support Our Se- Hero segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. A powerful story coming from Parkersburg, West Virginia, where a wounded U.S. Navy veteran and his family will enjoy a Christmas meal and gifts provided by Patriot Woodworker with support of a several different tools companies in the area. Every year, uh, this group adopts a wounded warrior or a Gold Star family for Christmas through Operation Ward 57. How beautiful is that? They sponsor a raffle supported by generous businesses in the area to honor veterans, his or her family, and also with food and gifts and just try to embrace them during the holiday season. Travis Forney and his family are going to be honored this year. Uh, he and his wife have multiple 
children. They have a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 2-year-old, and one that's 7 months old. And they wanted to honor him and other veterans for protecting our freedoms that are so important to Americans. Travis Forney served in the U.S. Navy for six years during Operation Iraqi Freedom and also Operation Enduring Freedom. He said, quote, I had three deployments overseas in the Gulf on two aircraft carriers. And he was also deployed at Kandahar Air Base in Afghanistan. Uh, big thank you to him and, of course, all of our great military members and their families. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope that you have a beautiful and safe Christmas. Well, we're talking, of course, about President Trump and lots of other stuff tonight. It's sort of a mishmash of great fun things on this fun uh, Rita Cosby show as we're heading into Christmas Eve day. Very, very close to us right now. Uh, but one of the things that I think we don't need, there's a lot of things I'd say, yeah, my Christmas wish, I'd like this, I'd like that. I'd like last, I, I've never said, could you bring more drugs to a crime-ridden city like New York City? That's one thing that's not on my Christmas wish this year. And that is exactly what is about to happen. And to me, the timing of what I'm about to tell you is just absolutely stunning. Here we are, of course, uh, you know, Christmas is coming. We got Sunday. And then a few days right after Christmas on December 29th at a location in Greenwich Village, New York, right near Union Square and NYU, very prominent NYU, all the students and everything else. You want that combination too? Anything else? Why don't you throw in a playground, you know? Is there anything else you need? This is just like a formula from, in my mind, for disaster that they are opening New York State's first ever licensed marijuana shop that will be open for business next week. Uh, it's basically two years in the works, and I think this is a disaster. I think it's dangerous. I think it opens the floodgates to more dereliction, if you will. I think it's already, it's already clearly accessible enough because if you smell it on every single New York City street, which you can the minute you walk down any street or go in almost any store, somebody's smoking pot. Uh, so they're easily... Access. It's not like, oh, they can't get it somewhere. You know, just tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, can you give me some? I'm sure they'd say, yeah, we got a whole bunch because it seems like everybody does in New York. There are so many people that are clearly smoking marijuana and there's a lot of people that are using stronger stuff. And I just think we are entering a really slippery, very dangerous slope. Take a listen first off to some of the excitement from the very liberal members of New York, including Governor Kathy Hochul, who was rushing to get this done. Uh, here is City Councilwoman Carlina Rivera talking about how excited she is because it's going to be in her area. I'm excited that we have New York City's first adult use cannabis uh, dispensaries in my district. And this is where it gets even more tricky to me. Kathy Hochul, when she said she wants to hurry up and prioritize this. Part of the thing that came out of her mouth is the thing that we seem to hear everything from the liberal politicians these days. Everything is about race equity, race equity. It's like, you know what I mean? The sky is blue. Oh, no, race equity. Everything is race equity. And somehow they have brought in race equity, saying that it prioritizes equity, that we have to hurry up and get this cannabis store 
uh, to make it accessible, legal, again, of course, it's legal in New York, as it is in many states across America, but to be able to sell weed and THC-infused edibles, just like they did in the red light district in Amsterdam, where I've been, oh, my God, that was everything my mother told me never to be near in a single block. I'll live through it and blush the whole way through, thank goodness. But when you sit and hear it, she throws in, we had to hurry up and get it. We had to hurry up, hurry up and get it at a time where you're not even, like, keeping recidivists behind bars. But she says, we had to do it because we wanted to, quote, get the cannabis market off on the right foot by prioritizing equity. And now we want to fulfill the goal. What does equity have to do with giving people drugs and making it much more accessible? Well, city councilwoman Carlina Rivera had the same kind of verbiage. Take a listen. This is really through a a pro-cannabis equity lens. And someone like Housing Works uh, is really the right person, the right entity and organization to start us off. Equity. What does that have to do with anything in terms of selling weed and making it just like what candy store? Like, you know, you walk into a candy store and you're like, okay, I'll take uh, two chocolate chip cookies and I'll take this. And could you give me, uh, you know, a uh, tiramisu with a little bit of hash on it? Oh, could I have that brownie with hash? Could I have that carrot cake with hash? I mean, do we want to make it more accessible at a time like this right now? To me, this is downright dangerous. And this is downright irresponsible. And to me, I'm not surprised, given the climate that we're in in New York, it seems to be a free-for-all. They seem to put equity first off in everything. And I want to hear your thoughts about why equity is even relevant in any shape or form in this. I don't think it is in any way. Uh, Maybe I'm missing the mark. Uh, I think the only thing it does is it makes it equitable so everybody can get stoned. Drug dealers and all, come on in. Um, Some of you have tweeted, too, and sent me a tweet, and I thought it was really perceptive. One of you said, you know what? I can't can't imagine it taking more than five minutes that that place gets broken into. You don't think that that's going to have a big old target on its back? Remember when Bill de Blasio... The, the worst mayor probably in New York or in America's history, right? He opens up the needle clinics. Remember that whole thing? And then suddenly there were gang people hanging out in front of it. Well, what a surprise. If you have a big old neon sign saying, hey, we got free hypodermic needles, come on in. And if you want to shoot up heroin, here's the place to come. And we'll give it to you, too. Don't worry about it, right? So you don't think that that's going to be a big old target and people can't wait to come in and people will like be lured there and maybe some lascivious types might want to come in there? I just think it is a formula for disaster. And to me, it's like if you're not going to crack down on criminals and you're going to open the floodgates to drugs, what are you doing? What are you doing to protect New York and other big cities across this country? I mean, it's like... You know, you're you're like open the floodgates on one end and then you are giving more drugs to people that a lot of them don't need it right now. Trust me, they got it enough. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry on line one. Larry, your thoughts about all this. Yeah. Hi, Rita. You know what I think what I think this this woman meant by equity I think, I don't know, it's very, very mysterious statement, but I think what they mean is that all these years, 
the drug dealers were making illicit profits on, on pot. And now we regret the fact that we locked them up. So, so, so in the meantime, the legitimate people were not selling pot. So now they have to get their chance. Okay. So we're, we're, uh, we're, we're doing equity now. We're, 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 we're making it up to them because all the years they were chilled from selling because we made it illegal. I can't think of any other explanation. Is that, is that ridiculous enough? Yeah, that, that is ridiculous enough. Yeah, we, we like tried to go after the bad guys. And, and by the way, some of them, I want to play a comment. I think you're onto something there, Lair. This is, um, this is the city councilwoman, Gail Brewer. This is cut 26. Um, and she sort of says something similar. Take a listen. My district goes from 54th to 108th Street on the Upper West Side. Then we went to 61 smoke shops, and we think 26 of them are selling cannabis. That's obviously not legal. That's obviously not legal. So she says, listen, a lot of them were doing this. We're we're noticing all these, like, illegal ones, so let's kind of make it legal. But, like, you know, it's like, uh, what's next, heroin? Uh, you know, what, what's the, where do you draw the line, Lair? Just because as the, it's a money making business illegally, uh, you get, I'll, I'm just going to be facetious, but human trafficking, obviously it's abominable. It's illegal, clearly. And they're making huge money at the border right now, thanks to President Biden. So should we be making that legal? Obviously not. But, you know, I mean, you're supposed to make every, uh, everything that's horrible legal. Uh, your thoughts, well, Lair? Well, they figured since pot is 75 percent legal already because of thanks to uh, Governor Cuomo. And by the way, I, uh, I I used to respect Kellyanne Conway a lot until she had dinner with Cuomo last night. Um, so I see that politics is just a game. But well, um, and by know, the way, it's, apparently, it's, apparently uh, she's been friends with the family for a long time. So and it was a couple yeah, days I, I, ago. I, I, but that's I, I, what she said. Any. Cuomo ruined society when he legalized that the pot. He made three quarters of, of pot was legal, and the only thing was illegal was to outright sell it. So they want to round the corner now. But w- when they talk about equity, the real equity is in the people like like you mentioned. We have to walk down the street and smell it. What about our equitable rights? You know, I had to change my seat on the bus today because a guy's breath on the bus smelled like marijuana. Okay, we've gotten to the point. It's no slippery slope anymore, Rita. We are down in the pit, and I'll tell you why because. Because we cannot, you cannot sit in the park now without. The law is you're not allowed to smoke in the park. But if you if you smoke a block away from the park, the smoke is going to get in just the same. So we cannot relax in the city in the summer anymore. Those days are over. Yeah, and isn't that sad, Larry? Thank you very much, and have a great, great Christmas. We appreciate your call. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia on Line Five. Your thoughts, Robert. Hi, Rita. It's really nice to talk to you again. You too. Uh, Merry I Christmas. In, same to you. Before I get to what I was going to say about that, I wanted to say, yes, Trump is a brave heart, and the uh, rhinos are the backstabbing Scottish nobles, and I'll leave that at that. Um, I even know that I part company with my Republican friends in that I actually do smoke weed sometimes, and I think it should be legal. Okay, and I don't have a problem with it. But what the government is doing isn't going to accomplish either end. It's going to have zero impact on crime, and it's not going to bring in the revenue, they thought, because it's too expensive. I've been to the stores. I'm not going to get it there. I can get the same stuff 30 to $40 cheaper on the street. And I don't – I think – 
anytime the government gets it, can't they just legalize it <laughs> without getting into it? You know what I mean? Um, I, I just it's it's it's. It's a no-win situation. It should be legal, but the government should not be involved in it. You know, and I'll you, leave it at that. Robert, you bring I'm up sorry. a great point. No, that um, that you can get it cheaper. That you never expect the prices are going to be, you know, um, are going to be equitable. <laughs> using uh, Governor Hochul's language, right? Um, so that why go to the store anyway if it's going to be if it's going to be cheaper, and you know it. it it's just not going to bring in the revenue, and it makes it too accessible for way too many. Um, Robert, thank you. Really interesting perspective. I'm so glad you called in. Let's go to Rick on line two. Rick, your thoughts about this? Hello, beautiful Rita. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too to you and your family, Rick. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and thank you. Uh, you have to be weary when you hear this equity and equality thing because it's really the new code words for Marxist communism, because when everybody's equal, that's what you have. They don't care about the people. They're not worried about taking care of us. They just want us all to be equal so we're all poor, equally poor, and equally slaves. Well, and my thought, you know, Rick, is also, you know, if you listen to some of the goal of the equitable language, at least when it relates to other things, this is still, like, beyond me, um, but – when they talk about it in other terms, it's like, like you said, it's equal access. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, poor or black, white, uh, all different races have equal access to healthcare or something like that. Uh, what, like equal, a- equal access to get high and uh, potentially screw up their life? I mean, how are you doing anybody a favor? I don't care what equality you're trying to pitch, but, you know, equally screw them up. You know, I mean, I, I, how is that doing anybody a favor? If you look at, I, I, I can bet 90% of the people walking in there, you know, you're going to be like, uh, that person shouldn't be getting anything, you know? I mean, that person needs to, like, uh, go get some psychiatric counseling, doesn't need to be buying weed. So, you know, there are just so many questions with all of this, and I don't understand how it's equitable. I mean, that to me is so offensive. Like, we're going to, you know, we're going to give drugs. Just And that was sort of the same philosophy of Bill de Blasio. And I found it so offensive when he set up, again, those needle facilities. Where it was like, we want to make it more accessible to people so they can come in and do heroin in front of us. You know, it's like, uh, is there anything else illicit you want to have them do in front of you and that you're going to supply? I mean, how is that helping somebody who's trying to turn their life around? How is that inspiring somebody to to maybe stay sober? You know, how about that for a while? 1-800-848-9222. I'll continue your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's, it's the, the most, most wonderful time of the year. And it is wonderful to be with you. I love this song and I love the Christmas carols and Christmas spirit. I hope all of you have an awesome, awesome Christmas. I hope all of you can sing better than I can. 1-800-848-9222. And we are taking calls about pot making its way to be much more accessible in New York. New York's first licensed marijuana shop opening 
in a matter of days in Greenwich Village. I say it is a huge slippery slope. And we're hearing from liberal officials who are saying it's about our equitable rights. Um, by the way, Rick made, Rick made the very perceptive comment. What about equi- equality for all of us who are walking down the streets or going on the subways and are smelling hash every which way but loose already? Do we need any more? By the way, I saw some of the people from SantaCon, <laughs> speaking of which, they had a lot more than marijuana in them. It was, a, you know, for charity, supposedly. But uh, I saw them in the wee hours, and they uh, I don't think they knew if they were Santa or Rudolph or uh, which holiday it was. I think they had way too much, a <laughs> little bit of pot in their stocking. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jack on line two. Jack, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I think when they refer to equity on this, they're talking about when pot was illegal, it was unfair to the African-American community and that they were the ones getting arrested more than white people who might have been smoking. And that's what they're – so they're, they gave the licenses to these vendors to African-Americans and who were previously arrested for having small amounts of marijuana. By the way, by the way, they clearly missed uh, the time because under Alvin Bragg, he'd like uh, he'd throw them a party. You know, he'd throw them a party if they had repeat multiple offenses, even for like dealing that guy. You know what I mean? It's like it is. But but no, I, I hear from a business perspective and from I think some of it is also access to as well. I think there's a combination. It's just when you say those buzzwords. Uh, it's, it's like woke all over it. You know, I mean, it's just, it's like everything has to be woke, 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 woke. Can't they just say, you know what? We're trying to make money where we, you know, you know, you know, just say it. It tried to, as opposed to it's, you know, it's some woke ideology or some other reason. Um, and what to make it more accessible so more people can have it. I, I don't think that that's necessarily the solution. You could probably get them jobs elsewhere that I think in my mind would be a lot more productive. Um, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tony, line one. Tony, your thoughts real quick. Um, I think this whole thing is done, being done by the Chinese communists. Uh, They want to destroy America, and they can't beat us military right now. But if they could flood America with drugs and uh, get into our institutions and uh, sabotage the country, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, and by the uh, way, by don't... the way, they're bringing in fentanyl, uh, as we know, through the southern border. I wouldn't be surprised that they're going to try to get some money out of this, uh, sadly, in some way, some shape or form. Uh, let's go to Susan, line eight. Susan, your thoughts. Hey, yeah, Rita. First of all, you are so informative. You're like a great conversationalist and a wonderful investigative reporter. And just the best to you for a wonderful holiday and new year. Oh, thank you. You too. Susan, I love all of you. Thank you. I think the thing that concerns me the most of all this is that when something becomes legal, and I heard that chick, uh, whoever she was, saying it's for adults, it doesn't. There are so many kids, I see them all the time, smoking, marijuana, 13, 14 years old, it's going to destroy their futures. And I'm concerned about that, too. I agree. Even if they say, hey, it's regulated this way, you know it is a slippery slope. 
Kids are going to get access to it. Other people are going to get access to it. Scary stuff. Everybody, most importantly, have a Merry Christmas. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 